Good day! My name is Sky, and I appreciate you spending some study time with me. I'm here to help you make money in online poker by teaching you key strategies and getting you to take action. Today's going to be an incredibly powerful episode for you. I'm going to give you three key strategies to train yourself to be a better player at the micro stick. So you've got to whip out that poker journal right now. Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> And take notes as we go, because you're going to want to remember all of this stuff for later on. To help you take notes, go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 449. And actually, while you're there, in the sidebar of the page, you can access my brand new, totally free workshop, How to Win Online Poker. Once again, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 449. Okay, let's do this. Gambate! Everybody just stay calm. I can handle this. No problem. I know how to deal. License and registration, please. What seems to be the officer problem? So if you've read any of my books or listened to this podcast for a while, you've heard me discuss tons of ways to study and to practice your poker skills. Well, in today's episode, I'm going to teach you the three training strategies that every micro stakes player must do to train yourself to become a better player. And I'm using the word train on purpose here. I'm not talking about just studying or playing with purpose. Instead, we are training today. And one of the definitions for the word train is a series of parts or elements that together constitute a system for producing a result and especially for carrying on a process automatically. So, as micro-stakes players, we are training necessary skills into our game for the result of becoming a better, more successful, and profitable poker player, with eventually the goal of building our roles and then moving up in stakes to make even more money. Now, these three training strategies are important at any level of poker, but by working on them now in the micro-stakes, you're setting yourself up for lifetime poker success. I'm going to list all three right now just so you hear them, and then we'll go through them one by one. So training strategy number one is study and application. Number two, know yourself and target uncomfortability. And number three is daily hand-reading exercises. So we'll get to number one, study and application. The only way you're going to ingrain new skills into your game is by studying some form of training content, then applying what you learn on the felt. The item you study might be listening to a podcast, watching a training video, maybe reading an article online, or even reading a chapter from a book. By studying this content, you're doing only the first part, which is exposing yourself to new strategy insights. But that's not really where skill building takes place. First, you learn the strategy. Then you practice it over and over again through on-the-felt application. So let's say you want to learn how to make effective value C-bets. Well, you can listen to one of my C-bet-related episodes, particularly number 133, which is called C-bet Principles. In this episode, I discussed the difference between value and bluff C-bets. I also discussed important HUD stats to look at, uh, bet sizing, the type of player you're up against, and I even gave you a c-betting checklist for both value and bluff c-bets. Now, after you listen to the podcast and you read the show notes, you must decide on your own way to apply what you learned. So are you going to focus on the HUD stats that I discussed and use them to make good c-betting decisions? 
Or maybe are you going to use the checklist I gave you as you practice your c-betting? Are you going to follow the bet sizing recommendations I give? Or lastly, are you going to focus on position to help you make better c-bets? There are so many ways to apply what I taught in the episode, and it's your job to choose how you'll apply what you learned. So I want to give you a, a, a concrete example from this episode number 133. So at the 12 minute and 50 second point, I give you a value c-betting checklist. Now, the first item on the list says this. You must be able to name the weaker hands they can call you with. So you realize that you've never actually done this. Every time you value c-bet, it's simply based on the strength of your hand. You're not really thinking about what your opponent can call you with. So you decide in your next session that for every value c-bet you make, you're going to say aloud the hands that can give you value versus that c-bet. It might take you multiple sessions to get comfortable with the strategy as you apply it. So you, you know, you apply it over the next four sessions. And then bam, now you've learned a little something about value c-bets and you've applied it multiple times. You've trained yourself to become a better value c-better. This skill is going to be useful for the rest of your time at the micros, and of course, as you move up in stakes as well. So if we distill the prior example to its basic steps, here's what happened. Step one was you learned new strategies for value c-betting by listening to the podcast and reading the show notes. Step two, you applied one of the strategies on the felt, and you applied it repeatedly over four sessions. So from these two steps of study and application, the result was you improved your c-betting skills. So from this point forward, it's going to be up to you to do this over and over again. Study and application, study then application, study application. You want to do this to turn yourself into the poker player that you want to be. Alrighty, so now you understand study and application. But how do you know what to study next? That leads us directly into training strategy number two, and that is know yourself and target uncomfortability. So how many times have you opened the pot preflop with a hand like ace nine suited, somebody makes a three bet, and then you think to yourself, crap, what do I do now? Or how many times have you made the C bet in position, and then your opponent check raised you, and then you say, crap, not again? Or here's another one. How many times have you been dealt pocket jacks in the small blind with a three-bet squeezing opportunity, and you just didn't know whether to squeeze or to just call? So we're often not as present, as tuned in to our play session as we should be. We encounter a ton of these uncomfortable spots, sometimes just over and over again, right? But we don't recognize it as an area that needs work. We don't tag or take note of the spot to help us remember to study it later on off the felt. That's what this second training strategy is all about. By knowing yourself and knowing what situations cause you problems that make you uncomfortable, you can work to remove these areas of uncomfortability one at a time. By doing so, you're building your skills, you're adding to your confidence, and you're making poker easier. All of these things will make your sessions more profitable and will propel you beyond the micro stakes eventually. So here's an example. Let's say you worked on your c-betting skills, as I mentioned in the, in the prior uh, training strategy. But as you practice that c-betting, you realized that every donk bet you faced just gave you a tough decision. You were uncomfortable. You didn't know how to respond. 
Sometimes they would donk bet just one big blind, sometimes half pot, and other times full pot or even bigger, right? Sometimes they would triple barrel donk lead just two big blinds. What do these bets mean? Why are they donk betting? Why are they not check raising you? Why not just check and then fold or check and then call? Are they betting for value or are they bluffing you? Or are they blocking bets to get you to not charge them more to see the next street? Now that you realize you don't know what those donk bets represent, nor do you know how to respond to them, you decide to take the opportunity to start studying. You are going back to training strategy number one of study, then application. So what you do is you hit the interwebs, right? You find that I did an episode on donk betting. It was episode number 146, simply called The Donk Bet. So you listen to the episode and you follow along with the show notes. In this episode, I taught you all about the donk bet, what they mean, what different sizes mean, making donk bets, facing donk bets, and how to study donk bets. I basically covered the donk betting gamut. So you decide to apply what you learned in two different ways. Number one, you're going to practice making donk bets, as well as practice calling and raising donk bets that you face. And number two, you're going to filter in your database for donk bets that you faced that went to showdown. This way, you can work to learn what hand strengths different player types donk bet with, and you'll pay attention to the bet sizing they use for their donk bets. And bam! You've taken your uncomfortability with donk bets and pursued a new avenue of study and application. Now, you're an even better player when it comes to being the preflop raiser. So I just mentioned targeting that uncomfortability, right? But another great way to really work on your game, to know where to work on, is by using Poker Tracker 4, going through your stats and your win rates in order to find those areas where you are losing money, and that's going to give you a good direction in which to spend your study time. And my Get More from Poker Tracker 4 course is the perfect thing that you need to help you go through your entire database of hands to find your areas of opportunity. And we've got some awesome poker peeps who picked up this course recently, so many of them. So I have to thank Brent Woodworth, Vishal Sharma, Stephen Horvath, Renee ML, John Smith, Kevin Blank, Luke Frankson, Gary Adamson, Anatoly Volchkov, Joe Vasquez, Dimitri Pekach. Marshall McGill, Robert Flynn, Kelly Laytonin, Eris Cole, Jason McDermott, Peter De Los Reyes, Constantinos Demopoulos, Rolston Olas, Milan Mondock, Alberto Predi, I know, I told you there's a lot of names, right? Steve Sullivan, Silvino Pressa, Daniel Marodi, Donald DeGroff, Kevin Tingley, Daniel Bood, Joan Harold, Octavian Pistolacci, Larry Weiss, Ross McJury, Jan Wiersema, Kevin Pryor, Nate Howe, Adam Stern, Isabel Couture, Miguel Bessa, Henry Mai, Dane Dice, and last but definitely not least, John Johnson. They went to smartpokerstudy.com slash get more from PT4 course. There's also a link in the show notes page for today. They picked this bad boy up because it literally has over seven hours, 26 videos of training content with 83 downloads, reports, uh, 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 trackers, quick filters, all that jazz to help you get more from Poker Tracker 4. So thanks again to everybody who's, uh, who's recently purchased and everybody who's gonna purchase. Okay, let's get to strategy number three for micro stakes training. Daily hand reading exercises. Yes, even at the micro stakes, hand reading is a great skill to develop. 
I know you do not want to stay at the micro stakes forever, right? You're working in the micro stakes to train yourself to be a great poker player. And the most important poker skill to have is hand reading. Now, here's the biggest incentive to develop the skill of hand reading. It forces you to think through the logic that your opponents use as they make their decisions. This off-the-felt attention to their logic, it's going to naturally bleed into your on-the-felt game. Just imagine, you've been doing one full hand reading exercise every single day over the past 30 days. In each of these exercises, you constantly ask yourself on each and every street, pre-flop, flop, turn, and river, you ask yourself, which hands does my opponent make this play with? By asking and answering this question over and over again, you're forcing yourself to use your opponent's logic, and this is training a very good mental game habit into your game. So naturally, when you play, you're going to ask and answer the same question, right? So they called you pre-flop. You made an open raise, and they called you from the big blind. What hands do they call with? And now on the flop, they check called your c-bet. What hands do they call with on this board that also called pre-flop? And they donk bet into you on the turn when that third spade hit. What hands do they bet out of position on this very wet board that called preflop and called on the flop? By asking and answering those questions over and over again, you're going to make better, more logical, reasoned decisions. Now, I'm not going to take the time right now to tell you how to hand read because I've discussed that plenty. Go to the show notes page for today to find six different hand reading podcast episodes that I did. You can also find a link to the YouTube series of videos called 66 Days of Hand Reading. And in those videos, I showed you over and over again how to assign a preflop range and then narrow it through the streets. I'm not going to give you that hand reading how-to right now. What I want to discuss instead is the importance of hand reading even at the micro stakes level. Now, it is super important because within poker, we're always dealing with imperfect information. We don't know the cards that our opponent is holding, but we can use what we know about their play style and their actions to put them on a range of hands. Then we make our plays based on this range in an effort to make them fold or to gain value from them. So a lot of people think that you can't do micro stakes hand reading because people play just too many hands and they play them kind of erratically. And while that can be true sometimes, that's definitely not 100% the case. And even if they are playing tons of hands, they're still using some form of logic to make their decisions. They're not just flipping a coin or rolling a die. So to help you learn hand reading successfully, I recommend you do it with ranges that are tighter in general. Don't do hand reading with a a limping range or a limp calling range, or don't ever hand read somebody who's the fifth caller in the big blind. Those are just way too wide. Instead, keep your hand reading exercises to these four common and more narrow ranges. The first one is a preflop open raising range. Now, depending on the position and the player, it might be as narrow as 10% or as wide as 30 or 40%. The second range that you'll do hand reading with is the preflop caller versus an open raise. Once again, depending on position and player, it could be anywhere from 10 up to 40%. Now the preflop three better is the third range that you'll be hand reading with. And maybe that's 3% up to 15%. Again, depending on position and player. 
And the last range that you want to do your hand reading exercises with is the three bet caller, because you are often three betting, right? Versus, of course, somebody who made the two bet. So they opened the pot with the two bet. They faced your three bet and they chose to call instead of folding or four betting. This is often somewhere from 5% up to maybe 25% or so. So you can see these four situations are not dealing with crazy wide ranges, right? Plus, they're the most common ranges you'll be up against. Alrighty then, I want to recap the three most important micro stakes training strategies. Number one was study and application. So you learn new strategies, then you apply them on the felt in order to build skills. But how do you know what to study? This is where training strategy number two comes into play. Know yourself and target uncomfortability. So if you focus on those uncomfortable spots by using them to select your studies and applying what you learn, you'll make poker easier on yourself and make more money as well. And the last training strategy number three daily hand reading exercises. As you study and apply what you learn, do daily hand reading exercises in relation to the strategies you're studying. So if you're studying what donk bets mean, you want to do hand reading exercises where you face a donk bet, right? This will build a beneficial habit of working through your opponent's ranges and using the logic that they put into their decisions. Alrighty, go to the show notes page to help you take notes, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod449. And then while you're there in that sidebar, click on the free workshop, How to Win Online Poker. This is the training that you need, especially if you're having a difficult time making money at 2NL, 5NL, 10NL, 25NL, 15NL, or even 100NL. This workshop is going to give you the three secrets to get you over that hump and into profitable poker. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.